Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah, but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. Hello everyone, I'm Colin Kelly. This is the NFC West Recap Edition on Rotoviz Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And today on the show, I'm joined by my co-host here. It is Anthony Amico, who you can follow on Twitter at Amixta. Anthony, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, really excited to be doing another Rotoviz review with you. Yeah, it's, uh, we done one, I think we started it off with the first one of the season, uh, of the recap season rather, so we're almost all the way through, this one obviously coming up on the, the week of the Super Bowl, so looking forward to breaking down the NFC West with you on today's show, we'll be discussing the NFC West and looking at the good, the bad and the ugly of what happened in the division in 2017. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Even though the season is over, there's so, so much good content up on rotoviz.com at the moment. So I urge you to head on over and check out the site. I know Anthony's doing a lot of draft work up there. People are looking at the prospects. They're looking at free agencies. So much stuff up there on rotoviz.com. So head on over, check it out, uh, all the fantastic content Anthony we're going to start off with the Rams they went 11 and 5 on the season after a down year Todd Gurley had over 2,000 total yards from scrimmage including almost 800 as a receiver so most receivers in the NFL would have been very happy with an 800 yard season this year in fact uh, one of the lowest thousand yard receiver seasons in, in, in the NFL over the last couple 
of season. So uh, can he maintain the level of production uh, and will he remain as featured in the offense as he did this year? I think the answer to question number two is yes. And uh, then (laughs) that's an easy one. Number uh, one then is uh, can he reproduce this uh, just uh, insane level of production this season? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to ask anyone, I feel like, to uh, continue to establish themselves at that year over year. But I certainly think that it's possible for Gurley. Um, you know, he did have, obviously, that close to 800 yards as a receiver. I think that him just being completely involved in this offense consistently uh, gives him that kind of upside in any given season. I'm not positive that the 2,000 yards will happen all the time. But uh, I think that he is more approaching that Le'Veon Bell status of, you know, two downs plus goal line. And also, he's going to be in on third down doing all the receiving stuff, uh, catching tons of screens. I thought that their screen game this year was amazing. So uh, if they can keep that up and Sean McVay can continue to add new wrinkles into this offense as things go on, I, I definitely think that he can uh, maintain maybe not this exact level of production, but uh, a comparable level of production with respect to his peers. Yeah, I guess something uh, you touched on Sean McVay, and we didn't actually have it in our questions, uh, but I guess uh, Sean McVay, first year as a head coach in the NFL, uh, just looked really, really good, uh, had a lot of things under control, nice play call, nice scheme. What was your thoughts overall on McVay and his, his first year, I guess, his rookie year as a head coach? Just really impressive. I mean, I'm really impressed with what he did, uh, not just necessarily because of the growth that his players made. When you look at someone like Jared Goff, uh, who was terrible last year, uh, being uh, above league average, I would say, as a quarterback. When you look at Todd Gurley coming back from the dead, uh, being able to make the most out of Robert Woods, getting him to be basically a, a WR1. Uh, I think that all of that is really impressive, but what's really impressed me also is just the way that he's been able to come in uh, at a young age, uh, really be a true leader for this team. Uh, the guys have kind of rallied around him, and he's really done some, I think, pretty innovative things when we talk about him getting the offense to the line, uh, rather quickly before the headsets shut off uh, in the helmets and being able to kind of redirect the offense, uh, allowing them to change uh, the play based on what the defense is showing and, and getting them into their best possible situation. So I think some of that stuff that he's done has been really, really special. So I'm really excited to see what he has in store for us going forward. Yeah, and as somebody who I know does a lot of coaching, I I, I was interested in your thoughts on that. So that it's interesting that you just segued into it uh, by yourself, and uh, that was an interesting part of it. But again, what he done with golf, what he done with Garley, just a tremendous job. Uh, somebody else who at times he done a very very nice job with this season. At times, then he uh, tended to disappear from the offense, and that was Sammy Watkins. Uh, do you think the Rams will bring Watkins back after they acquired him via trade uh, before last season? Uh, and then, of course, now uh, the situation with him being out of contract. What do you see uh, happening to Sammy Watkins uh, this offseason? All the reports say that they're interested in bringing him back. Uh, I think that that's obviously very smart. I still believe that he's a very talented uh, offensive player. I'm not positive that it'll happen. I mean, I, I think that this wide receiver free agent market is pretty good. I think they have you know guys like Watkins, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, uh, all coming available. I definitely think that there's going to be a market for receiver talent in a league that continually – uh, you know, skews more, more and more. Uh, so I, I do think that uh, the Rams would be interested in bringing Watkins back, but I, I think that there's a chance that he ends up somewhere else because I think that ultimately someone's going to throw a little bit more money his way. So uh, I, I would imagine that him coming back to the Rams would signal that they uh, intend on having him a little bit more involved this year than he was uh, in 2017. 
Yeah, I was very impressed this uh, year as well with the, the Rookie Cooper Cup. I thought he had a nice season. People, obviously, when it came to the draft last year, there was you know people saying that you know he was an older college receiver and the production wouldn't match up in the NFL. But I thought he'd done a nice job. The other player, I thought, done very, very well. Robert Woods, very impressed with what he was able to do on the season. But a lot of that then came down to Gar- Jared Goff and his production. And he averaged uh, 8.7 yards per attempt in the first nine games of the year. But then he only had seven uh, yards per attempt and over the final six. So... It was kind of a, a mix and match there. Do you think teams started to figure him out? Do you think it was a case, as you mentioned, with the play calling, with Sean McVay getting him up to the line early, you know, trying to pick a play that was going to suit when he was still in the headset? Do you think then as the season went on, defenses started to realize this and uh, then, of course, have the opportunity to, to set up a, a kind of a fake play or fake defense and then switch it up uh, after the, the Rams make that audible and change the play? How do you, what did you make of the, the situation as the season went on there? Yeah, it's just the the ever-growing chess match of NFL football. I think that McVay and, and Goff got kind of the early jump. Uh, and then teams, as we see every time something new comes out, I think that team started to adjust. And I think that Goff is still a young player. So, I mean, he's still seeing a lot of these uh, coverages for the first time, uh, you know, with NFL players. He's seeing um, uh, a, lot, a lot of things that he still has to adjust to and adapt to. Like, I, I just – I think that as he continues to develop and as McVay, again, continues to, uh, uh, you know, restructure the offense and, and plan around some of these changes defenses are making, I'm sure that he'll continue to grow. But I, I'm buying Goff. I mean, I'm buying the resurgence. I think that it's real. Uh, I think that he's he could be a good player. Uh, you know, I, and I'm, I'm definitely not going to hit the panic button because a guy, you know, who's really playing his first year in a competent offense uh, regressed a little bit down the stretch. I think that's probably to be expected. Yeah, a team that's probably hoping for a resurgence uh, next season. That is the Seahawks, who finished 9-7. and seven. It was a disappointing year for the team. And with that, of course, there was a host of uh, changes made on the coaching staff. What did you make of uh, the addition? I guess we'll talk of uh, Brian Schottenheimer as the offensive coordinator for, for the Seahawks moving forward. How does it affect Russell Wilson? Can he get this team to have a, a run game going forward? Uh, how, how do you see it chicken out here? The run game has been an issue, but of course the offensive line has been an issue. What do you see? the major issue here or the major area rather that the, the Seahawks will look to address this uh, offseason. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't love the hire. I, I kind of feel like what Seattle and Pete Carroll has done so far is just like get all of his friends together. Like the, the band's back in town. Uh, I'm not hundred percent sure that that will work, but uh, anything that Schottenheimer can do, I guess, to, to kind of reinvigorate this offense. Uh, I think that the real big issue, obviously was the offensive line. I thought Tom Cable as offensive line coach was, not really getting these guys to uh, produce, despite the fact that Seattle was making, uh, you know, some effort, especially midseason, uh, to kind of improve that position. Uh, he's gone. A new offensive staff has come in. So I think that uh, hopefully that will change. I, I do remember Brian Schottenheimer as being, you know, willing to be a little creative uh, at times. I think he was willing to mix it up. I just think that he was, you know, your classic overthinker. I think uh, too many reverses, too many things, you know, too much trying to get Tavon Austin the ball, you know, uh, but I'm hoping that being in a little bit more structured system and for the first time, I think as a coach, really having uh, a solid quarterback, uh, really a better than solid, obviously, I mean, in my opinion, Russell Wilson is one of the best in the league. So uh, I think that having that uh, uh, kind of gives him a new opportunity to do some things he hasn't been able to do. And hopefully with that, you know, uh, we're able to, to see some new stuff. I, I don't want to sell it out. I don't want, I don't want to just go into the season and feel like Russell Wilson is doomed because I just think he's too good for that. So. I'm hoping 2018 we see some some good things from Seattle. Yeah, so let's head on it. Russell Wilson is good. You mentioned he did finish as a top scoring quarter, fantasy quarterback uh, this season. Just uh, 
some of his games, his bigger games are just uh, insane this year. He had a couple of games, particularly fourth quarter comebacks. I remember the Jacksonville Jaguars game where he really went off late in that one. But where do you rank him among kind of the pantheon of signal callers? How high up there do you have him? I have him in the top five. Where Are you in the top five or are you even higher than that? I, he's number one for me. I don't, I don't want to like, <laughs> I know I'm, maybe this is don't like. Don't beat around the bush. Yeah, maybe this is hot. I don't know, but I That's just feel pretty like hot. <laughs> if, if I was starting, if I were starting a franchise today, Russell Wilson would be the guy. I just think that he has the best combination of um, what a lot of different quarterbacks offer. I mean, he offers you the efficiency and the ability to get the ball downfield of a Drew Brees. He offers you the mobility of a guy like a Tyrod Taylor or a Cam Newton. Uh, maybe not with as much power in terms of a, a Newton comp- comparison, but. Uh, someone you always have to account for in the run game. I, I just think he's a do-it-all guy. And what he was able to do this year, I mean, being their leading rusher, uh, and in addition to all the stuff he does at quarterback, I think is just really special. And, you know, if they ever get any semblance of an offensive line or rational coordination uh, for the offense, I think he's just going to continue to soar. Uh, he's, he's amazing to me. Yeah, that, that is that is high. Um, you know, I mentioned top five. I think there's no doubt about that. I think that when you look at, you know, you mentioned it in the terms of starting a new uh, franchise. And I think if you look at it that way, it really does change your perspective. You know, if you're starting a franchise, I don't think you'd have Tom Brady, even though he is uh, the greatest of all time. I'll say it. I have Green Bay Packers stuff behind me. I'm a big Aaron <laughs> Rodgers guy. But he has the hardware to back it up. That is, that I think... The most talented is probably Rodgers. The greatest of all time is uh, Tom Brady. But, you know, if you're starting up a franchise, uh, obviously Wilson is years younger than uh, Rodgers. Obviously, Andrew Lux had his injury issues. So there's lots of different quarterbacks that have had those issues. And Wilson's biggest issue has been the offensive line. Uh, but uh, what he's been able to do, the problem, I think, then, is if you get a solid offensive line and you get a scheme that can have Wilson stay in the pocket and be able to play to a game plan, how do you think it breaks down then if he doesn't have to scramble? I think... Even if he, uh, you know, has a, a good offensive line and has that protection, I, th- I still think you need to get him out of the pocket and get those scrambles going. Uh, do you think that might even be a reason why the, the Seahawks haven't really paid as much attention to that O line as they should have? I mean, there there's always going to be an option. I think as a coach to to move the pocket, uh, but that's what the Saints have always done with Breeze. So yeah. I think that they, you know, having better players up front doesn't take away their opportunity to call design runs or to you know run sprint outs, get the pocket moving for him. I think it just keeps him safer for you know for the other 90 percent of the play calls he's just getting i mean he's getting abused back there right now hey sports fans football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie my bookie is the industry leading sports betting website that offers real vegas odds on football baseball and all your favorite sporting events you can take a side the total or even fantasy points props my bookie lets you bet online and win big did the game already kick off don't sweat it MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event, even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
Yeah, I think, uh, but anyway, you mentioned he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I think with that, we do have our uh, show title for this episode. I think uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the NFL is what I have written down here on the sheet as so far the name of this show. But uh, the run game, I mentioned the offensive line being uh, an issue. The running backs also were an issue. They had Eddie Lacy, didn't produce. They had a lot of injuries. CJ Procise went out with the injury. So they just couldn't really be healthy. They couldn't get the job done. And I think there's a combination of factors in that. But do you think we can see the run game bounce back a little in 2018? Obviously, we had the, the glory years of Marshawn Lynch to, to rely on in Seattle. And Do you think there's somebody going to be able to, to step in there? And if there is somebody you think will step in, is he on the roster? And if he is on the roster, um, who do you see leading that charge as the uh, number one running back uh, for the Seattle Seahawks in 2018? Yeah, I, I don't think we'll ever probably get back to those Marshawn Lynch days just because <laughs> Russell's older and better and uh, – that they're going to be a passing team, I feel like, going forward, uh, you know, no matter who they have kind of in the backfield. But, I mean, for the love of everything good, can, can C.J. Procise just stay healthy? Like, I, I feel like if he's healthy, he's still the guy. Like, he, he was so good for those couple of outings. And, you know, I know he's been healthy for about, like, eight minutes in his career. Yeah. But, my goodness, I, I thought he was a really good player. So, I mean, if it's not going to be him, I feel like it's probably somebody not on the roster. I mean, J.D. McKissick was, you know, decent, but – uh, overall, probably not someone you want to give the reins to full time. Eddie Lacy stinks. Uh, Chris Carson was was injured. We'll kind of see what what comes of him next year. But uh, I uh, I am just gonna forever forever be a, a process truther. So <laughs> that's yeah, get out of me. I, I think as well when you look at process and the, the injuries that he's had, the, you know, people had that hype, and then he had the big game, a couple of big games, a couple of big plays, and he didn't produce and because of injuries and so on. And I think. You know, a lot of your average fantasy football players will not be thinking about him. So if he's back in the fold heading into 2018, if you're playing in dynasty leagues, I think there might be an opportunity to buy low at this point in time. And I think then even in redraft leagues or you know, looking at ADP ahead to next year, I think he's going to be one of those guys that could become that zero RB candidate for 2018. I think there's an interest and opportunity there for him. But again, the draft coming up, we'll see. Maybe they go uh, and take a running back at some point in it as well to make it even more complicated for us for 2018. And, of course, the Super Bowl is coming up this week. And, of course, with that, I know everyone's going to want to wager. And if you're not in Vegas, uh, to put on those wagers, you can do it online with our uh, partnered sportsbook here. That is MyBookie. Their website is MyBookie.ag. Fantastic uh, range of betting props, lines, everything up there you need to bet on the game, whether it's Obviously, this week we're focused on the Super Bowl, but if it's not the Super Bowl and you want to bet on the golf, the NBA, no matter what it is, they have you covered. And if you sign up with our promo code RV Radio, they will give you a bonus of up to 50% with your first deposit. So get over there, get signed up, and get using mybookie.ag. Just a fantastic service, quick payouts. If you win come Super Bowl Sunday, they will pay you out very, very swiftly. You never have to worry about that. It's not like you know, some uh, guy that you're trying to deal with <laughs> on a, a different basis and you're like, is this guy ever going to pay me up? Make sure you get your money. You're putting money on the line. You want to get that money back. You can do that with mybookie.ag. Anything that you uh, like looking ahead here, Anthony, to, to the uh, Super Bowl, of course, uh, doing it all through mybookie.ag. Well, I don't want to, uh, I don't know if I want to, to give anything away here, Con, because we've got the, <laughs> uh, the laying the points pod yep, coming out. Yep. Much. So uh, I'm hoping that everyone checks that out and we can get uh, you know, a couple of the best bets going uh, over there. So uh, that, that's how you do it in the business. Uh, Anthony's been very, very uh, shrewd there, the, the Land the Points <laughs> podcast that he is coming out this week on Road of His Radio with him and Matt LaMarca. They're previewing the game in depth. It'll be the new series coming up, and they'll be covering a wide range of uh, sporting topics throughout the offseason. But, of course, the big sporting topic this week is the Super Bowl. 
So if you want to get his uh, perspective on who he's going to be picking this week, what props he's got going on, make sure you head on over to the Lay in the Points podcast up there on Rotoviz Radio on Rotoviz.com and get listening and uh, get that money on at mybookie.ag. As I mentioned, the promo code RV Radio my bookie and get uh, signed up uh, and get that 50 percent bonus and make some money this sunday i'm really looking forward to this game but perfect perfect uh, segue there for you uh, anthony and uh, when we're looking here uh, as well i mentioned rotaviz.com the subscriptions up there with the content is just magnificent you can save yourself 30 percent off just for listening to the rotaviz podcast on rotaviz radio all you have to do is go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast that link gives you a 30 percent discount to all our nfl content and tools as well as all the articles are behind the paywall so much great content going up there each and every day at the moment not even each and every week so many articles i mentioned at the top of the show over a thousand articles published this year over 20 apps that you can get all the different information ahead of the nfl season so all you have to do is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast get yourself 30 percent off save that you can sign up for just the off season you can sign up for the entire way through next season i would recommend the latter because the content is just fantastic guys like anthony crushing it up there with all the different draft content and uh, make sure you check that out over there uh, obviously next up is the cardinals eight and eight on the season you know, at stages it looked good, at stages it looked bad. Obviously, David Johnson went out injured. Carson Palmer went out injured. There's just so many different things that happened. Carson Palmer retired at the end of the season. Uh, Bruce Arians has stepped away from the team. New coach coming in. Lots and lots of change to the landscape over there with the Arizona Cardinals. But who would you like to see uh, replace Palmer as the quarterback off this team? Have you anyone uh, picked out maybe in free agency or through the draft? Or do you want Blaine Gabbard to uh, return to the, the helm here in Arizona? Yeah, I'd really like to see uh, the Cardinals kind of take the same approach that the Chiefs took, which is to, you know, draft a quarterback this year, but to have a veteran in place who can start. And uh, who better to do that than Alex Smith? You know, let's go. <laughs> I think he could go for three for three on that. I mean, the, the Cardinals really do have a great defense. Uh, they've been top, top six in defense the last three seasons. Uh, so they have that side of the ball figured out pretty well. I just think if they could score a few more points, you know, that's the difference between them being, you know, eight and eight, seven and nine and being, uh, you know, nine and seven, ten and five, uh, ten and six, and making the playoffs. So, uh, if they can get some veteran quarterback play in there, maybe they offer, uh, you know, the Chiefs a draft pick uh, to get Alex Smith. I'm sure that they're really excited about Patrick Mahomes over there. So, if they can get uh, Smith, uh, you know, get a veteran, establish him, and and you know, groom kind of their next quarterback in the background, I think that's probably uh, in their best interest. Yeah, I would really like to see Smith fit in there. I think it would be an interesting one. I don't think it would like a lot to uh, get Smith away from the Chiefs either with Mahomes being there. And you mentioned the possibility of getting a quarterback and grooming him uh, for you know the future. Uh, you know, It will be interesting too to see You know, Larry Fitzgerald said his uh, decision to move away from the team won't have uh, any effect based on the changes there. But he still hasn't really committed to 2018. Do you expect uh, Fitz to come back? You know, He's, he's really in touching distance from a lot of the, the stats perspectives. I think there's no doubt that he is a Hall of Famer, one of the, the, the most fun players, in my opinion, to, to watch and to root for in football and in fantasy football over the last kind of 10 years. Do you think that uh, we see one more year out of Fitz? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, the guy, I, I mean, he has no reason to stop playing unless he just doesn't want to anymore. Uh, you know, he's still out there getting his 100 catches and, and doing his thing. I don't really see a reason for him to, to step away from the game, uh, you know, outside of just he just as a yeah, I think I agree with that. He's um, he still looks to be in the in the shape of his life. He's kind of the Tom Brady at the wide receiver positions, uh, age and uh, time still not really catching up with him. Uh, the team has hired Steve Wilkes to be the next head coach of the team and are looking for an offensive coordinator. Mike McCoy, Daryl Bevel, and John DiFilippo appear to be the favorites. So there's a good trio there. Is there any of those that you have a preference for? And then 
Uh, Steve Welch's been uh, made the uh, head coach. What was your uh, reaction to that? Were you happy enough with that one? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know a ton about Wilkes just because the you know, defensive side of the ball not usually uh, you know, something that we follow a lot as fantasy players. Uh, but I always like the opportunity for these younger guys uh, to get opportunities and to, uh, to be head coaches. So I think from that perspective, it's certainly good. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I, I do like G- John DeFilippo. Uh, he is a younger guy. He is someone that comes in, I think, with a lot of um, – a lot of experience with different head coaches and everyone that's worked with him has really raved about how smart he is, how uh, easy he is to adapt uh, to the defense and uh, to, you know, a lot of the other things that I think are important to making offense go. So you talk about a team like Arizona, who is really going to have a lot of moving parts over the next few years. You consider uh, they're probably going to get a new quarterback at some point uh, who's young. They already have the great running back in David Johnson, uh, but they're probably going to have to make a lot of changes at receiver uh, particularly when Fitz does decide to hang him up. So I think Filippo would be a really good uh, a really good coach to kind of oversee all that change, and he is probably due, you know, for an upgrade and roll. Yeah, and I, I just want to start this now. Uh, last year we had uh, three running backs going in the first three picks of the draft. This year I think we're going to have heavy running backs in terms of ADP and fantasy football. We have a man, David Johnson, DJ, injured earlier this season, and uh, you know he didn't make it back. Those people you know, keeping him on the rosters, hoping he would make it back at some point of the season. It didn't materialize. The wrist injury kept him out. So are you ready to, to start that hype train to get him back in those uh, top three or four picks of uh, next year's draft? Do you see him coming back in and being instantly one of the, the top uh, running backs in the NFL? Obviously, last year we didn't have Todd Gurley up there. Uh, you know, Zeke Elliott had a, a great, great season in terms of the games played versus the, the production played. Te- I think was it RB10 based RB ten based off 12 games in the season, I believe it might have been. Uh, no, <laughs> RB12 based on 10 games of the season, the other way around. Uh, but he had a great season based on the opportunity that he had based on the suspension. When you look at it uh, with those players, um, with the other opportunities coming up, uh, Alvin Kamara and so on, where do you have DJ ranked among the, the running backs as he comes back uh, and obviously says he's 100% healthy? And why would we doubt anyone who uh, says anything to us? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, initially I would be tempted to be hesitant just because of the new coaching staff coming in and we're not sure that he would be utilized the same way that he was under Bruce Arians. But when you start looking around at a lot of the other options in the offense, there really isn't much there. Uh, so beside from Fitzgerald, I, I think there's a really good chance that he continues to, even with the new staff, uh, see, you know, in that hundred, you know, target range, maybe catch 80 or 90 passes. I certainly think he still has that upside. So for me, I'm definitely valuing him in that upper tier with Le'Veon Bell and with Todd Gurley. Uh, I think I'd probably put him ahead of Ezekiel Elliott for now. Uh, if I was trying to rank uh, for 2018. Uh, so for me, I mean, yeah, DJ's back. Uh, I want to see who the coach is and I want to, you know, be able to read up a little bit on what their plans are, but uh, there really doesn't seem to be a, a reason for him to not immediately go back to, you know, upper 200s and carries, 300 carries, uh, and, you know, and upwards of 100 targets. Yeah. Is there any concerns about uh, CJ2K coming back one more time? <laughs> oh, gosh. No. I, <laughs> for the love of everything good, like let's, let's end this CJ thing. Yeah, no. Uh, but on the other hand, maybe there is a possibility that Adrian Peterson comes back. I haven't heard much on Peterson this offseason, but... Uh, you know, DJ is the three down workhorse. I think uh, you know if if he's back hundred percent healthy, so I, I can't see AP coming back. Do you think there, there's any chance of that happening? I thought that there would have been a chance if Arian stayed as the coach, but yeah. I, I think with a new staff coming in, they probably want to get some of those veterans out who aren't going to 
uh, be immediately productive for them. Yeah, no, I feel the, the same way regarding um, David Johnson. I think, you know, anyone that has that uh, pass catching ability in PPR leagues and then, of course, in the NFL in real life, if he can catch balls, he can run the ball through between the tackles, you know, to have him on the field for each down makes uh, just a, such versatility and the game planning side of things. So looking forward to seeing him back. You never want to see a, a star player injured and we we're really getting behind the hype train behind David Johnson after what he did a season ago. So looking forward to seeing him back in the field. Uh, speaking of hype trains, let's get on the, the 49ers uh, bandwagon here. Obviously, uh, Kyle Shanahan came in. It was a slow start to the season. They were on zero ones for a long time along with the Cleveland Browns, but the season finished in a, a major flourish with a 6-10 and 10 to seal the end of the season. They won five straight games to end the season with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Uh, I guess the simple question, and uh, I think the answer is yes to this one, is Jimmy Garoppolo the real deal? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Jimmy GQ, uh, Jimmy G, G is for goat. I mean, he is, <laughs> he is, he is amazing. I mean, <laughs> I know like the touchdown to interception ratio wasn't great, but I mean, the guy was throwing to basically a, a track star, you know, a rookie, uh, and then another rookie at tight end. Like, I mean, he didn't really have great weapons. No offense to those guys who were out there, but you know, not great weapons. when you look around the league and he was still able to move the ball better than any, you know, better than they had been able to do all year. Uh, winning the five straight games uh, for a roster that had previously only won one game. Like that's, that's just really unheard of to me. So I think it really speaks to his ability to not only play well on the field, but to also command leadership of the team. And I, we saw a lot of guys after that first game uh, that they were interviewed and they were basically like, all right, well we have, we have our guy. And I, I I'm really excited, I think for what he's going to do in 2018. Yeah, are you saying that uh, Marquise Goodwin isn't there? Uh, isn't uh, an elite, talented wide receiver? He's, he <laughs> he, uh, he he done me a lot of favors this season in fantasy leagues, and uh, you know I I've come to, to to love him as the season went on. Even though he has a uh, somebody there with that deep speed, uh, I was very impressed with what he was able to do. He kind of developed as the season went along. Uh, had a couple of double digit uh, catch and target games. So, but I, I think what you, you mentioned with Jimmy Garoppolo, he came in. It took Matt Ryan, you know, kind of 18 months to be able to, to get behind this, or not get behind it, but to figure out the Kyle Shanahan scheme, how to work it best. And Jimmy Garoppolo seemed to come in and just get it very, very easily. He seemed to be able to master it. And although he didn't come in and, you know, hit touchdowns straight away a lot of times, he was leading drive. The thing that impressed me with him was the consistent, uh, sustained drives, you know, driving the ball from his own 20 down to their 20. Although he wasn't getting the end zone, they were scoring a lot of field goals, but he was driving them down and there were consistent plays. It wasn't just fluke plays. It wasn't just penalty flags. I was just very impressed with that. Was that something that impressed you with his you know, ability to, to read defenses to, and to stay so calm? I, I find him almost like a, you know people go in and it's their first season. I know it's not his first season, but the rookies, they go in and sometimes you can see that panic. They're flustered at the line. They can't. He just seemed to go in and, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to do this up at the line of scrimmage and wasn't one bit bothered. It probably comes with watching Tom Brady day in, day out in practice and kind of learning from uh, you know, the, the GOAT, I guess. Yeah, I mean, from one goat to another, right? Like, I, I, mean, I mean, we've read the stories about them maybe not getting along, but it's pretty obvious that he picked up a lot of the stuff that, that it takes to be a great quarterback. And, you know, he's hungry. He was ready for his shot, and he was going to make the most of it. I, some of the stuff that he did was really awesome. I mean, that game against Jacksonville, yep. I mean, Jacksonville, best pass defense in football, and he goes in there and just really shred, really tears him up, you know, made a couple of really nice passes. The one where he's like rolling out to his left and he like flicks it sidearm into the end zone to Trent Taylor, like just a really special play. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm buying, I'm head over heels. I don't care. I don't care if I'm going in too deep early, Tom. I mean, this is it. 
I think, uh, you know, we should all just dive in. And if we're wrong, we're wrong. But at this stage, let's all just get aboard the train. And uh, this division, you know, we, we had the Seahawks at the start uh, for the last kind of four or five years really dominating the way the Cardinals kind of surged up and challenged them for a while in this season with the Rams coming and really, uh, you know, pick things up really, really quickly under Sean McVay and win the division. And of course, now the 49ers seem to be getting a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a push behind them with Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan. So I think this is the potential next season to be one of the most competitive divisions in football. And, um, you know, it's going to be very, very good. But when you look at it, we have Jimmy Garoppolo now. So the team has found their quarterback. Say, let's say they find their head coach. Well, their best wide receiver this year was Goodwin. But I think on paper, their best wide receiver, their number one wide receiver, would have been Pierre Garçon if he hadn't they got his, uh, I think it was a neck injury finished his season. And he was playing quite well at the time. A few really, really nice catches. I remember back to the, the Niners against the Rams uh, early in the season. Uh, you know, very, very high scoring game. He had some insane sideline catch just in that one but he obviously went out injury will likely return at 4-2018 here but how do you see the team making additions at the wide receiver position do you think they'll go with him Goodwin and then try and take somebody else in do you think they'll draft it do you think they'll make a move in free agency how do you see them uh, trying to strengthen this team I'm really excited because uh, not only does this team now have their quarterback in the future but they have a ton of cap space 100 yeah. and you know, $123 million in cap space projected by spot track, like just an embarrassment space. of riches. Yeah. Like, I mean, some of that's going to go to, to Garoppolo because they do have to resign him. But even if they paid him like $20 million, we're talking a hundred million dollars of space that really lets them go out and, you know, start thinking about, um, you know, a Sammy Watkins or an Allen Robinson, Robinson, you know, yeah. just a really marquee guy that they can get in there. Uh, certainly picking ninth or 10th uh, in the draft, they, We'll have the opportunity to to take a receiver, you know, Calvin Ridley, a Cortland Sutton, but I'm not really sure that that's the direction that they're going to want to go. Uh, maybe they do draft a guy at some point later in the draft, but I have a feeling that they're going to want to fill that spot with a another good young veteran. So I'm really hoping A. Rob or uh, Watkins ends up there. Yeah, I think if you get that there, uh, number one wide receiver on the outside, I think, you know, with Garcon getting older, I think you move him into the slot. I think he performs well in there. He's very physical. He, there's no fear of contact from him. I think we can slot him into that kind of Anquan Bolton style role, get in there, maybe a Larry Fitzgerald style role and uh, get those uh, receptions because he is somebody who has very sure hands, very physical player. I think he can fit in there. And then I think if you have Goodwin opposite the, the guy on the outside with that deep speed threat, I think that gives you a nice round uh, base there. And then, of course, Kettle had some very, very nice games as a rookie tight end, and I expect him to develop further. What did you think of Kettle just as a rookie? Uh, I think he, he showed a lot more than I was expecting uh, in the preseason. Oh, yeah. I mean, I th- I thought when they took him, he was one of those basically like an athletic project. Like, hopefully yeah. he pans out. And we saw him in that Colts game kind of take it over and, and lead them to uh, lead them to a, a good shot at a, at a win. So. I think uh, I think they got a good one there. We'll see kind of what his ceiling actually ends up being, but he uh, he's going to be a player for them, I think. The the other key area, kind of the, the question on it, is uh, the running back situation. Obviously, they had Carlos Hyde and Matt Breida in there this year. Hyde is uh, you know an off season free agent, and I, he's somebody I've always liked. He's had his injury issues since he came in, but it, you know he had some very very nice games in this. I thought those uh, this season those times. Uh, the team could have used him more. I thought the games that they did well, it was based on him getting a heavy workload both in the passing game and the running game. The team, though, throughout the season didn't really run the ball all that well. But what do you see uh, coming in here? You know, the running back position is somewhere where teams aren't putting all their resources. Uh, we see the situation going on with Le'Veon Bell and him looking for the longer-term contract. But with uh, Hyde, how do you see it going? Do you think they'll let him test for agency? Do you think they get him signed long-term? You mentioned the cap space. There's really no reason to not give him 
whatever can be matched in the free agent market based on the, they have the cap space and they can work it that uh, if they do need to cut them a year or two down the line they'll take that hit do you think uh, resigning him should be a priority for them or how do you see them going with this running back position and of course a strong running back draft coming up as well yeah, I'm not sure that they're going to be very eager to re-sign him. Not that he hasn't been good for them, like you said. I think he has. But I think this is probably a situation that they're going to resolve in the draft. Uh, this is a great running back class, like you mentioned. I think that the Niners would really love to get their hands on a Saquon Barkley uh, with that ninth or tenth pick. We'll see if he lasts that long. But, you know, Barkley is really the, the uh, one of the better running back prospects we've seen over the last half decade. I think that he's going to be pretty special. So, uh, that's probably someone that they're going to want to look into. There's plenty of other options. Uh, and they do still have Joe Williams, who uh, Kyle Shanahan less than a year ago was <laughs> allegedly pounding the table for. So uh, I'm not sure that that Hyde will be back. But um, like you said, I think if he does end up somewhere else, he'll, he'll be he'll be in, in line to produce for us for fantasy because I think he is. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Williams as well. Man, there was such a, a hype train going last offseason in ADP and surging up the draft boards uh, around kind of late July, August, as we heard of the, the talk of thumping the table and uh, Kyle Shanahan really wanting him and him being his guy and then obviously d- didn't do anything this season. We'll see what happens with Hyde. We'll see what happens in the draft. But I do think uh, the 49ers who lost the came last in the division this year, I think they'll have a, a strong chance to, to make a run at it next year. I think, as I mentioned, I think it's going to be a very, very competitive division, one of the better ones uh, as we look ahead to 2018. And of course, uh, the 49ers next year are going to go 16-0. and They're going to romp through the playoffs and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to win the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's, it's all going uh, the right way for the 49ers. We'll see, we'll see uh, what happens. You know, and if that does happen, you remember I was the first person to make that prediction. But, uh, <laughs> we have it. We have it on tape. <laughs> yeah, we have we have it down. But uh, it's going to be a good division. You know, young young head coaches going against each other, young quarterbacks going against each other, and we we already said you know that Jimmy Garoppolo is the real deal. We talked about Goff and how how he progressed this year. We don't really know what's happening at quarterback with the Cardinals, but we also said that. Uh, Russell Wilson for Anthony is the best quarterback in the NFL so it's pretty stacked at the quarterback position here uh, and we're going to have to see it all happen next year but it's been a fun show to, to run back through the NFC West talk about what's going to happen of course as well the Super Bowl coming up this week I mentioned my bookie uh, being a, a lead sponsor of the show today and I obviously want to make sure that you use the code Roto Radio to sign up get that 50% bonus while signing up and have some fun betting this week with your friends on the uh, the Super Bowl it's going to be it's going to be a good one between the Patriots and the Eagles so I guess that uh, all that's left to say uh, is my name's Colin Kelly you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland my co-host today was Anthony Amico who you can follow on Twitter at Amixta actually before I say that until we're back make sure you check out Anthony on that Lay in the Point show he did plug it earlier you need to know what he thinks is going to happen in the Super Bowl check that out with him and Matt Lamarca so until we're back with another show on Rotoviz Radio whether it's a recap show or a preview show draft show lots of stuff coming up here on Rotoviz Radio make sure you check it all out and make sure you subscribe to the channel and until uh, we're back again all that's left to say is have a good one listening to the nfc west rotoviz recap please rate and review the rotoviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on twitter at rotoviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotoviz from dad <clears throat> all right save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with progressive 
Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.